Welcome to the Weekly Palestine. Each week, the Center for Study and Preservation of Palestine brings you contextualized news and a special topic about Palestine and Palestinians from around the world. The CSPP stands firmly against the erasure of Palestinian identity and does not recognize or collaborate with the occupation state or apologists of the apartheid regime. This program centers the truth and reality of Palestinians living under the occupation and uses only Palestinian sources for current events and special topics. The CSPP is located on the unceded territories of the Clackamas and Multnomah Chinookan people in what is described as Portland, Oregon in the settler system. This evening's episode brings you news up to today, October 22nd, and a special topic titled Debke, a short history of the folk Palestinian dance. Last Friday, October 15th, after two days of debate, the 55-member African Union voted to delay the decision regarding the Israeli occupation states receiving observer status. At the 39th meeting of the Executive Council, members decided that the final status of the newly offered membership would be decided in February. South Africa is leading the movement to reject the recent decision to admit the occupation state with observer status and asking fellow African nations to consider the apartheid system of governance that the Israeli occupation state enforces in its discrimination against Palestinians. Other members of the opposition group led by South Africa include Botswana, Niger, Tanzania, Eritrea, Western Sahara, Tunisia, Libya, Algeria, and Nigeria, where the African Union headquarters is located. During the meeting, representatives from Liberia revealed that they were pressured to accept the preliminary decision to award the occupation state observer status. According to Al Jazeera, 25 countries are demanding that the occupation state's observer status offer be revoked. On Sunday, October 17th, the occupation state government approved a bill put forth by the Minister of Justice to grant Israeli police wider power in carrying out search operations in Palestinian enclaves within the 1948 occupied territories. These increased powers are being touted under the false claims of combating violence and crime, quote, especially in Arabic cities and villages. The new law officially allows police to carry out searches in Palestinian areas without court-ordered warrants. With the recent increase of Shin Bet, as well as military occupation force presence in Palestinian communities, this expansion of impunity will only serve to intensify the discriminatory practices under the apartheid regime and the targeted violence against Palestinian civilians. On Tuesday, October 19th, infamous member of the Israeli Knesset and convicted terrorist Itamar Ben-Gvir attempted to force himself into the hospital room of Palestinian prisoner Mehdad Qiswani, who has been on hunger strike for 90 days in protest of his administrative detention. Video footage shows Ben-Gvir violently attempting to gain access to the hospital room to, quote, closely check Qiswani's condition and, quote, 
see up close this miracle that a person remains alive despite not eating for several months. Since the beginning of 2021, over 40 Palestinian political prisoners have started open hunger strikes to resist the internationally illegal act of detainment without charge or trial with indefinite term extensions. This globally recognized crime is often used by the occupation state to suppress Palestinian resistance. On Wednesday, October 20th, the Occupation State Construction and Housing Ministry said it is drafting a resolution to double the amount of settlements in the Jordan Valley over the next four years. This resolution will appear before the Knesset before the end of 2021. Currently, 1,500 illegal settlers reside in the occupied West Bank, Jordan Valley. While the Jordan Valley is home to over 60,000 Palestinians, 90% of the land is designated as Area C, meaning that those residents are under constant threat of home demolitions while new permits are impossible to obtain. Area C makes up three-fifths of the occupied West Bank and has been used to expand settlements while making land inaccessible to Palestinians under the full military occupation there. Also on Wednesday, once again, MK member Ben Gavir, this time accompanied by fellow far-right MK Bizalel Smotrich, stormed the Bab al-Amud Damascus Gate courtyard under the protection of Israeli police with the intention of inciting and provoking Palestinian civilians. The old city of Jerusalem has once again become the scene for harsh suppression of Palestinian social life since the celebration of the Prophet Muhammad's birthday were disrupted by occupation forces the night before resulting in dozens of injuries and arrests. Yesterday, Thursday, October 21st, Israeli settlers uprooted and destroyed over 300 olive trees in the village of Al-Mazra'a Al-Qibliyyah to the north of Ramallah. Palestinian farmers arrived early in the morning at their groves that are encroached on by the illegal settlement of Karem Elam to discover the atrocious act of terrorism. For years, the farmers of Al-Mazra'a Al-Qibliyyah have had difficulties in accessing their land due to the occupation forces installing roadblocks and preventing them from entering the village. These movement restrictions have been in place since 2003 when the illegal settlement was first established. Harassment and violence is common throughout the year, but especially during the olive harvest season, which Palestinian families rely on for their yearly livelihood. Settlers and occupation forces use this time to intimidate and exact collective punishment towards the remaining indigenous farmers in an effort to force them out of their lands and expand the illegal settlements. In 2020 alone, over 6,500 trees were uprooted, burned, or destroyed in similar incidents across the occupied West Bank. This morning, Friday, October 22nd, the occupation state designated six Palestinian non-governmental organizations as terrorist organizations. These organizations include Al-Damir, which defends and supports Palestinian prisoners, Al-Haq, 
which monitors human rights abuses by the occupation state as well as the Palestinian Authority, and Defense for Children International, which advocates on behalf of Palestinian children. The designation also includes the workers' organizations of the Union of Palestinian Women's Committees, the Bissan Research and Advocacy Center, and the Union of Agricultural Work Committees. Such a designation is not based in any logical or legal veracity, but instead aims to simply suppress Palestinian human rights defenders and evade responsibility for occupation violence. As always, I'd like to end this week's current events with the Samidun Prisoner Solidarity Network Prisoner Update. Currently, there are 4,600 Palestinian prisoners in occupation state jails. 500 are held under administrative detention, which imprisons Palestinians without charge or trial, or access to evidence, and for indefinite amounts of time. 200 of these prisoners are children. There are currently six Palestinian prisoners on hunger strike in protest of their inhumane and illegal administrative detention. The longest strike is by Kayed Fesfus. 44 Palestinian detainees have started hunger strikes since the beginning of 2021. The CSPP will always stand in solidarity with our prisoners because they are at the heart of our resistance of the illegal occupation and apartheid state. To learn more about Palestinian prisoners, please visit samidun.org. Tonight's special topic is titled Debke, and it focuses on the history of the popular Pan-Swana folk dance that has become an important pillar of the Palestinian identity. There are a few stories for the development of the dance. However, all of them spring from a common root, which is located in the home. Historians and community knowledge bearers agree that Debke seems to have its beginnings in a collective home repair tradition. In Palestine, as in many places in the region, traditional homes were made of mud brick and with roofs of mud and tree branches. During the seasonal weather changes, the mud of the floors and roofs would often crack. And much like in the tradition of home building and how the final phase of roof construction would become a celebratory community event, Villagers would congregate at each home to make the seasonal fixes. Fresh mud would be spread over the cracks, and together, villagers would lock arms, form a line, and stomp on the mud to pack it into the cracks and compact new solid layers. The very word debke comes from the Arabic phrase to stomp, which is debeka. In the colder months, the villagers would sing to keep themselves warm and to keep spirits up. This collective practice of solidifying the individual home served many purposes. It invested in the longevity of each community member's well-being as a communal interest, and it elevated the mundane to the sacred by way of celebration and ritual. But most importantly, for the purposes of the debke, it provided a visceral template for the dance. With time, home construction practices changed, becoming more of a professional field and less of a community-based practice. However, the memory of the tradition was preserved through a dance that reminded people of the importance of community, family, and working together. 
And this dance became a central part of celebrations such as harvest festivals, weddings, and town heritage events. In its widespread reach, the Debke was able to cross religious as well as ethnic lines and is cherished by people of all faiths and practices. Whether it began on the mountainous northern coast of Palestine, on the banks of the Tigris, in Armenia, or the deserts of greater Syria, well, this cannot be known for certain. What we can be sure of is that it has developed with rich regional specificity. And what started as a simple dance now has dozens of variations with nearly 20 forms just in the Levant. Music is also an important part of the Debke. Traditionally, a group would be playing music with specialized instruments and singing for the dance, and the participants themselves would often sing along. Originally, the instruments included the oud, a guitar-like string instrument, the mijwas, the arghul, and the shobabe, which are all types of reed clarinet, a table, which is a hand drum, and a tambourine-like instrument called the def. From these instruments and bands and performances has grown a specialized genre of music in the Levant that is associated with Debke. Within this genre are standard folk songs that have a recognizable rhythm and meter. After the first few stanzas of the folk song's lyrics, it is common to find hundreds of variations that are specific to the region. Some of the most popular songs are Zarif al-Tul, Dal'una, Al-Dahiyya, and Al-Jafra. Lyrics of Zarif al-Tul typically praise the qualities of a person and is common during weddings. Skilled dancers are able to recognize the song and archetype quickly and adapt to the dance in the correct form. In Palestine, there are six main forms of Debke that are practiced, with a shamaliya and a Sha'rawiyya being the most common. Both the Ashamaliya and Asharawiya styles are characterized by having a dance leader who is referred to as the Lawih or the Dabbik. Lawih literally means one who spins an object with the hand and refers to the cloth or string of beads that this leader often spins with the free hand while dancing. Dabbik literally means the one who is skilled in Dabke. The leader is typically chosen for their precision and lightness on their feet, as well as their ability to improvise. In the Ashamaliya form, the leader is at the head of a semicircle of dancers, and all are holding hands. A soloist musician, accompanied by a singer or two, will typically begin playing a melody from the Dal'una song and singing. After some time, the Debke dancers begin to develop a synchronized movement and step to the song. When the singers finish the first pass of the song's lyrics, the leader will break free from the semicircle and dance on their own. After a brief period, the leader will instruct the semicircle to slow down and begin a movement described as crossing the right foot in front of the opposite left foot. In this form, the lawih or the beak continuously informs the dancers of their basic rhythm and eventually instructs the general members of the party who are present to participate in the Debke line. 
The Shemaliya form is the most popular and familiar and accessible form of Debke, and it is danced at large celebrations as well as small family gatherings. It is danced at weddings, for new births, in the community, for the return of travelers, for the release of prisoners, and all sorts of cultural holidays, of which it is a central expression of our identity. The second most popular form, Asharawiyya, is characterized by its use of strong steps or stomps. The Lawihar Dabik is even more central to this style. Another form, the form of Al Karadiyya, lacks the Lawih entirely and is a slower dance with the clarinet reed player in the middle of a circle. In the Al Ghazal form, triple stomps of the right foot are common and it is known for being physically tiring. And the Al Farah form is even more physically demanding and is typically only performed by young individuals. The last form, known as al-shahsha, is especially theatrical and even a competitive archetype. There are two styles of al-shahsha, the samir and the al-dahiyya. Both styles involve two lines of dancers forming opposite walls. In, this, in the as-samir form, the two lines compete in the recitation of poetry in a duel, while dancing in place. In the more commonly Bedouin al-Dahiyya form, a professional dancer will dance between the lines while each group competes for the dancer's attention. As I stated before, Debke is linked to collective identity. As such, the Palestinian Debke is intertwined with a strong undertone of resisting, uprooting, and resisting erasure especially since the inception of the occupation state. Debka troops in Palestine, like the Diyar dance group of Beit Lahem or the Al-Fanun group of Ramallah, have been able to develop complex theatrical performances with plot lines and narratives that function to revive and preserve tradition, but also further a culture of resistance. The Debke has also been used internationally to signify Palestinian resilience and resistance. Like in the wake of the 2008 aggression by the occupation state that left nearly 2,000 Palestinians dead. Then, a group of 30 dancers performed an unannounced Debke in the center of the British Museum. These dancers chose to take the Debke, an icon of Palestinian identity, into the heart of an imperial institution built on cultural theft. What they were doing was telling a story of existence and resistance. The power of Debke is truly in its ability to tell a story. It tells a story of its beginnings, which are a rootedness to a place and a connection to the land through practices of making. It also was developed out of community care and love. The Debke comes from loving one's neighbor and showing up to help them. In this way, the practice of locking arms together and chanting in unison also serves as a reminder to unite. It communicates that our heritage is community and our resistance is community and our future is community. At the core of Debke is a strong message of unity and to dance is to be united. Thank you, and we'll see you soon on the next episode of the Weekly Palestine.